Hello, hello, hello. We are back. We are back on another Sunday for our somebody else segment. Hi, Tweety. How are you? You good? Bilal, nice to see you back. I'm back. Bills, King Kaz, we are back in the building. And we are back for another section of Ask Somebody Else. Basically, this is my opportunity to ask another industry expert all the questions we want to know in the property sector. I spent a lot of time asking a lot of questions, so it's my opportunity to ask somebody else. EJ, how are we doing, sir? Are we good in the building? Financial advisor over there, um, dealing all things finance, um, health insurance. Be good to have you on one day myself, actually. Hello, James, Luke. Harry, everyone, good to see you locked in. Lifetime Development, Savvy Balligan, favorite person out there. Good to see you. So I've invited Matthew from Forty Accounting. Basically, what we're going to be doing is discussing all things accounting related in regards to the property sector. So this segment um, today is going to be covering loads of hints and tips so yeah Ted, i'm glowing like that i finally got the selfie like so i'm feeling i'm feeling good the hair's oiled and i'm ready you know we're ready to go so hopefully we get matthew in very soon again it's a common theme to see how late are the um, guests gonna join currently our world record holder is mr tex jones at 12 minutes late um but i'm sure i'm sure matthew will be on very very soon i'm gonna send him another request now um, but yeah, if you've got any questions, make sure you use the question box and we'll be sure to get those answered for you. So I've just pinged him over another request. Um, again, it's an opportunity today to ask all things accounting related in regards to the property field. Just discuss his journey, what his in his, um, you know, his experience is with working with other developers, etc. So I'm glad to have all you guys in that are in today. We've got 50 in the building right now, which is amazing. If you've got um, any friends that you feel could benefit from today, feel free to, um, you know, ping them in. You can use the arrow at the bottom where you can invite them to join. Let me see. I see him just there. Let me see if I can invite him now. I see that he has joined the chat, so hopefully he's going to be in very soon. Um, but, yeah, it's good to see a lot of familiar faces. Sometimes when I also do these lives and I see names that I know have been there from, you know, 100 followers and 1,000 followers, and they've been commenting, they've been engaging, they've been sending me messages, um, which has been great across, you know, just throughout the whole process, motivating me to keep doing, keep sharing, which is all really, really good. Okay, I've got the request now. So that should, we should bring Matthew into the building. I hope everybody's had a good weekend, a good Sunday. You've used the opportunity to recharge and get ready for the week ahead to go and smash it. Again, how do I, do you know what I'm really bad at? And I say this every week, trying to read names and pronounce them. Because there's some people that I've spoken to, Hulk, um, Hulk and Properties. Again, I know you're really proactive with the director vendor stuff. So I hope you're going to smash next week. Get how many letters are you going to get out next week? <laughs> Um, we've also got a couple of guests like Tej. Tej is going to be on next week as well, so glad to have you in the building. It's going to get some some hints and tips to see what, what to do. Um, so the discussion for today is all things accounting in the property sector. So generally speaking, you know, when you want to go and see an accountant and you want to get great advice, that's chargeable. So you've got an opportunity today to get that, you know, to get that for free. So make sure that you get those questions over to Matthew. So I'm going to give you, yeah, reading names is my repoint. <laughs> um, why is it not letting me bring him in? 
I've sent requests like five times and I don't know. Maybe he's also not good with technology like I am. So he could be going for the world record. But I think he's connecting now. Ah, there we are, sir. Are you in? Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Nice to see you got a haircut as well. You're looking very flat. I've been yeah. looking homeless for 12 months. I thought it was about time. Ah, everybody's using that excuse. But, you know, <laughs> it's, good. it's good to see you looking great. So people have just been asking what we're going to be discussing today. We're going to be discussing all things um, property and accounting related um, with Matthew from 40 Accounts. So I'm going to give you a little background on... Um, on what I know about 40 accounting, and then you can hopefully tell us a little bit more. The um, AB68, again, good to see you again. That's one of my day one supporters, so thank you for being in the building today. Um, so Matthew took not the, from what I know, didn't take the conventional route in terms of um, university for his qualifications, went down a different route, and hopefully you can give us some more information on that. Um, went to go and work in a large city firm gained a number of, I think it's six to seven plus years of experience um, within the industry before setting out on his own. So he's my accountant. He's been dealing with all of my, you know, corporations, my setups. He's been dealing with me being an annoying developer that doesn't do the things that accountants want us to do. Um, so well, Matthew, tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about the company. Okay. So I, um, I started working in accounting back in 2009 or 10. I worked for a high street accountant to begin with. Um, I actually got bored of accounting after a few years um, and decided to specialise in tax. So I worked for a large company in the city working in a department called Private Client Services that mm -hmm. dealt solely with individuals, partnerships. Um, but at a high, quite a high level, we deal with ultra high net worth, um, foreign investors and so on. Um, lockdown happened. Um, just a new direction in life. I thought it's, I've always kind of had my own clients on the side, so I thought it's time to, you know, set up for myself. And to be honest, doing the, although I got bored of doing accounting, the, the general high street accountant stuff years ago, I've always done it on the side, and it's what I've enjoyed the most, working with more, say, like-minded people, more mm. what I would call normal people as opposed to the, uh, you know, billionaires. And, you know, I've, I've enjoyed that kind of real work more. Mm. Um, so I'm there now. I think one, one thing that was good for me with um, in terms of a lot of people in the property space have really big goals. So, you know, regardless of where we are on our journey, we can see that property is the potential to unlock that generational and long term wealth. So having somebody that has dealt with high net worth individuals and does have the experience of strategies to put in place once there is more money and more disposable assets and income. I think having somebody like you on the team that's got that experience does give a lot more confidence to the service that you can provide. So and it also good. gives me more more joy as well, seeing, you know, investors, um, any trade, to be honest, but as we'll stick to property, seeing people, you know, start up mm -hmm. from the ground and watching what they have grow and bloom and develop into other things, other avenues, you know, using that capital to then either do something else or, or just grow, you know, buy more properties. Yeah. Well, within within that field, you might start with one investment property, then move on to developing and, and so on. So it's it's rewarding that I can kind of put the high level knowledge towards what I'm doing doing here. Now I think that's so key as well, particularly you know um, a, a sort of sort of side I know is that myself and Matthew we went to school together from the age of eleven. 
Um, and in terms of my team that I work with, so the quote-unquote dream team, my architect, my accountant, my broker, my solicitor, I've known the majority of them for, you know, close to 20 years. And I think growing together and building together, I have a vested interest to make sure that, you know, my friends and my close circle are doing well and likewise with the people that I'm working alongside. So it means with that synergy, we kind of excel and propel each other to do a lot more. Um, so Matthew, I wanted to touch on something you said just then in regards to a lot of landlords are what you call the accidental landlords in, yeah. in respects to maybe you and a partner both owned a property, then got together, moved in together and ended up with a buy to let by default. Um, and I guess what that leads me on to is a question that I get asked a lot in regards to structure, because I guess when you've got that first initial buy to let property, you're not thinking structure, you're not thinking tax efficiency. You've just bought your property yeah. and it was a case of I was buying a home. I wasn't buying an investment and there are a lot of accidental landlords. So maybe talk to us about two questions, really structure in regards to what's the best way to hold maybe a buyer to let property and also mm. if you were an accidental landlord is there an opportunity to make that more efficient you know i mean i, I think one thing I, I would like to caveat with saying is obviously as an accountant you know this advice is very vague so it's you have to take it that it's given to my circumstance and the question that i'm asking but everybody's circumstance will be different and it's general advice. And if you want specific financial advice, you do have to go and instruct somebody that can see your full range of circumstance in your current position, just as a general disclaimer to cover you, Matthew. You've got to also yeah. coming back to you yeah. and say, you told me yeah. to uh, move back because it is general, but we're just talking as a generalization. Yeah. And then you would go and always seek that specialist advice based on circumstance in the future. Exactly. I'll cover it at the end as well. It's just general advice if you know specific advice get in touch with your accountant or send me a message and we'll go on um yeah i think the accidental landlord is probably the most common type of landlord to begin with isn't it whether it's inheritance or as you say a couple moving in together or a gifted property you know um it's really hard to say what the best structure is for that specific whether example there where you're an accidental landlord if you're a spouse if you're a married couple, civil partnership, whatever it may be, I would say to keep it as it is. You don't incorporate anything. You just have your your one investment property. Yeah. You you know get in touch with your accountant. You do a tax return at the end of the year, and you keep it simple because you're you're really and truly you know you're finding your way with what you're doing. And if you overcomplicate things by trying to say incorporate a limited company and then put putting it into the company, putting property into the company, and you take all these steps you might find yourself with a large tax bill or you set yourself up incorrectly, mm -hmm. um, which would be hard to change going forward. You know, if you then, you know, you seek advice and they told you that wasn't the most tax efficient method that you've chosen, um, you should have, you know, keep it as a, as a partnership or keep it as a husband and wife where everything is by default 50, 50. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say for the accidental landlord kind of find your feet, keep it simple. Um, register with HMRC so that you can submit your tax return and declare any rental incomes you may may have. Um, but I would say that's the best way. I think for me as well, when I speak to people and clients, I always I try to assess kind of what's your what's the end game here. What, what's what's your long term? What's your long term goal? What do you want to do? Do you want to just make a bit of rental income? Are you both you know are you both working decent jobs and it's just supplementary income? 
you know, um, for spending or are you looking to invest or do you have children and you want to know, put into ISIS or what's the end game and then we can structure your investments around you? Yeah, no, that makes that makes loads and loads of sense because I think I do often hear and I get asked the question, I don't necessarily have the answers to, but I get asked the question, um, you know, I've got this property, should I should I incorporate it? I've been told I should incorporate it. It's better to have in a, in a limited company, etc. But a lot of the time, I think the what you would call them the transactional costs of getting a property from state A to state B actually may take, you know, 10 years of income or 20 years of income to make yeah. back your transactional costs. So yeah. I think you do need to look at these things more holistically to say, look, what is the bottom line of the... Um, the overall cost, what is the bottom line of the monthly savings or the annual savings and measure mm -hmm. those up. Um, but also, cause I think a lot of the time in there's loads of, I don't want to say there's loads of internet experts out there. Um, you know, in, in, a, in different forums, um, we call it the man down the pub, the accountant said, okay, you know, yeah, my accountant said this, this is how yeah, you should yeah. carry on. You know, <laughs> man down the pub gives advice. All right, I'll do it that way. But it's, it, with, with, with accounting and tax, everybody's situation is unique to them. Mm. Um, and tax is complex and lengthy, you know, legislation just goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. So it really isn't a one size fits all type scenario, um, which is why I would say to keep it simple to begin with, you know, for see what, 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 what your yields are going to be looking like to then say, can we use that money for something else to then grow by another property? You know, can we remort partly remortgage, you know, as a lump sum to then, you know, do something else. And that's kind of what we would try to look at as well as just you no know, general compliance yeah and i think that's that's so key just to remember that that quick that answer is often given out that i uh, put it in a limited company because you don't you can claim the interest back but it's so circumstance specific from what i understand and what you've explained to me and other people have explained to me yeah that there is no one one size fits all and you do really need to seek that financial advice and i think one thing just as investors in general we're we're happy to pay the builder and, you know, we're happy to pay for our mortgage survey, but we should be really happy to pay for advice. So go into financial experts like yourself and seeking that advice that can, even if it's not going to save you money on day one, the way in which you set up, it's like building, it's like building from the ground up. If you set the foundation solid from the beginning, your whole structure as a company, your whole ethos, your, your whole, you know, everything that you're, you're planning to move forward with is set on yeah. solid ground. Um, so I do think having these conversations at an early point is really, really key. Mm. So a, a question that came in just in regards to the buy-to-lets was, um, or two things you mentioned. So the first one was, like, you know, as, as a company, what, yeah. are, what are, the, are, there, are there step tax thresholds on a buy-to-let? Are they fixed? I mean, how, how does the company um, well, work? With a limited company, tax-wise... It's more straightforward. Mm -hmm. You pay corporation tax. Within corporation tax, you do still have income tax and CGT, uh, capital gains tax. Yeah, within the one using, that, using those acronyms, look at this. Yeah, out there, they're just right, throwing yeah, around casually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's still different types of tax within corporation tax um, with different treatments and whatever else, but it's a, a general 19% rate. So it's lower than the income tax rates. Um, you know, but with, with, again, it's so unique to, to each person. You know, you've got your personal allowance, your 12.5K personal allowance. So if you're receiving rental income and solely rental income, you won't pay any tax until you hit your profits hit the 12.5K. 12 12 um, 
but it, and it also depends on what you're doing. Did you say a, a buy to let and not a um, not flipping? Yes, just a buy to let. Let's just, just buy to let. Go okay. and start with the buy to lets. You know, so if it's in your personal name, you've got your personal allowance, twelve and a half k. Anything over that, you pay twenty percent tax up to the basic rate, which is about thirty or thousand, uh, forty something thousand altogether, including the personal allowance. Um, then the next tax bracket is forty percent tax okay. on the profits, which is up to one hundred and fifty thousand pounds, and then forty five percent thereon. Um, there's no national insurance tax on um, rental income if you've got an investment property. Um, I mentioned that because another thing I wanted to mention to, to the people that will be listening is that, especially the younger people, um, national insurance is very important to pay um, because, you know, obviously it covers stuff like the NHS and blah, 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 but it also goes towards your personal state pension. What you'll find and what I'm finding as well with, especially the younger people, where they, they might have been an accidental landlord, they've quit their job now, they're doing well in property. Mm -hmm. um, but they haven't paid any national insurance. You need 30 contributory years of national insurance paid okay. to go towards your state pension. So what they'll find is long time from now, when you hit 66 or whatever the, the threshold is at the time, yeah, yeah. At the time, yeah um, you won't be entitled to a state pension. It's not much, but it's worth yeah. kind of thinking about how you structure and how you pay yourself, no, you know, definitely. because investment property won't cover that. Yeah, and I think so much is about structure and there is so many small details that can make these small differences, which is why I always yeah. heart back to getting the correct advice at an early stage because what you'll pay for that advice now, I we say the pension's not a lot, but it will be a lot at the time potentially. And not only that, um, in comparison to what you get from the pension versus what you pay for the advice now, that's where yeah. the not a lot comparison becomes completely... Um, completely different now um and another question in regards to the um the buy to let which is one of the most common questions at the moment because of the changes in tax laws is in which in in which instances can people claim their um you know their their interest from their buy to let mortgage as a tax deductible amount um, so it works differently whether you've incorporated or whether it's in your name. It's now been phased out. It was it was a 75%, 25% allowable, 50%, now it's at 0%. So if it's in your own name, the mm -hmm. mortgage interest, or not just for it's all financing costs, whether it's a, um, a normal mortgage of a bank, whether it's a, um, what's those loans called? Bridging, love you, Bridge. Uh, sure, you know, you should have been quicker there. You're in the comment section as our expert <laughs> financial advisor and you weren't there. <laughs> hey, whether you're bridging, whatever method you choose, what those financing costs, if you have a buy to let in your name, um, what happens is, say, for example, the, the mortgage interest is £1,000 from the tax year. Um, rather than getting the whole £1,000 as an allowable cost, mm -hmm. you'll get 20% as a, like a tax reducer. Um, so if you've done a ta personal tax return before, you'll have all your income um, total a, a certain amount. Then you'll have your tax rates, which will serve a total tax payable. Then you can deduct 20% of your mortgage interest off of that. So you're okay. only taking a £200 allowance, basically, out of £1,000 of mortgage interest paid. Um, okay. If it's in the limited company at the moment, and I don't think that will change for a while, it's 100% is fine. You can claim all finance costing as 100% allowable expense. And um, that's one of the benefits over incorporating or, or having properties in a limited company where finance costs are 100% allowable. Mm -hmm. 
again, it's a, it's a bigger picture thing. That's one positive. I can, you know, there's other, yeah, there's other, there's other things. And obviously, but, but for the, for the buy to let landlord, a lot of the time when we're looking at our return on investment and we're looking at our yield, what mm. our largest, what our largest cost is, is our interest payments. So I think from a yeah. top level as a, you know, as an investor myself, it's very easy to, um, to look at it and be like, well, if I can save my interest payments of eight hundred pounds a month, that's a massive saving. But again, yeah. it's all about getting that individual, individual um, financial advice. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you mentioned about the the, the spout that like, about spousal relief and stuff like that. Now, in a property in the property world, are there any you know um, sort of different areas in which you can be more tax efficient through? through spousal relief and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I think people don't really utilise their spouses enough, to be honest, because there's a straight tax saving there. Whether you're, you know, whether, you know, you get married and, as you said, the um, wife decides to move in with husband, wife has a property and she's kept it all. the other way around, it's 2021, Matthew. Oh, that's, that's, that's the angle I was going for, so it's <laughs> wife's property receiving the income. Okay, okay, lovely, <laughs> um, lovely. So whether it's that aspect and, and she's now receiving 100% of the income, looks good on her tax return, looks good on you know, whatever else, but she might already have a job and already be in the 40 or 45% tax bracket and she's going to be paying 45% mm-hmm. on the rental income profits where her husband might only be in the 20% bracket. So it would make sense to either use, you know, go for the generic 50-50 down the middle, which is the standard um, by default for spouses or civil partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's, is it called a form, form 41? A form you fill out with HMRC where you can transfer a percentage of, so you might say, okay, husband is entitled to 75%, I'll take 25%. So it's all about tax planning, really and yeah. truly. Um, but these things need to be decided with a revenue in advance. You can't just decide for this tax year, all right, you take 100% because I've made a bit of money. And then the next year, you know, you take 100%. Okay. It doesn't work like that. You need to have these things kind of okay, yeah, set okay. Yeah. Okay. Long-term tax plan. That's good. I'm going to use a, a phrase that's very popular in Clubhouse at the moment. It's not a room, but I'm just going to do a quick reset for those that have um, joined in maybe slightly later in the middle of our conversation. Today's we're discussing all things tax in the property sector with Matthew from Forty Accounting. Now, it's an opportunity to ask a specialist all of the questions you want to know within the tax um, the tax sector. Now, why I do these lives for, for a number of reasons is that it gives me an opportunity to showcase some of the amazing work that the people I'm working alongside are doing. Um, it also gives you an opportunity to ask questions for free that are normally chargeable and an opportunity for me as well to, again, showcase some of the great people that I work alongside. Um, so in, in, that, in following on from that, I think I'm going to ask a question I want to know the answer to because there's a lot of developers in here or investors. And I think a lot of developers, because of, you know, the kind of industry we work in or the kind of people that we tend to be, we can be very hard-headed and very stubborn and also very yes, quick to do things. But yeah, <laughs> definitely. Reiterate, more, yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, what are maybe some some common mistakes you see, you know, people in the property sector making or things that you just look at and you're like, oh, whether that's through the way in which they structure the business or things they do or things you think they could do better. What are things that maybe you could point out that people may need to actually come to you about to get some get some help with? Um, there's a fair few, to be honest. Um, 
I would say one of them would be, which is going to sound really simple, but it's something that's not really thought of, distinguishing your trade and what you're doing from the accountant's perspective. You either have, you're either what we call dealing or investing. Mm -hmm. um, dealing is just trading, whether that be you're flipping properties or guaranteed rent or whatever you're doing. Two scenarios. Um, we don't like you to mix trades, say like a limited company, we don't like you to mix trades within the one company mm -hmm. because things become complex. Um, there's issues around, say for example, VAT, where mm -hmm. um, VAT threshold is 86,000, I believe, um, pounds worth of turnover. Um, if you've got um, a buy-to-let, an investment property, by default, there's an option to tax, which means that VAT doesn't apply unless you choose it to, even if you okay. surpass the threshold, it doesn't apply. If you've then mixed in your investment properties with your trading with everything else, it's hard to distinguish what's what. Um, you might find that from your trading, you know, in the accounts, you might have 200K worth of, worth of turnover. Um, and you put your SIP code on companies, your statutory industry code on companies' house as a... Um, oh, gee, the acronyms again. <laughs> so you put down that you, you, you've got buy-to-lets, and that's what the property of a company does, but really and truly, you're doing everything in one. You know, there's multi-trades within one, so it's good to have clear lines, maybe even separate companies for each trade. So we can, we can then say, you know, if the revenue could turn around and say, that 200K worth of turnover, it's a battable supply. We're going to want 40%, and we're going to go back years, and, you know, you're going to have to pay us, you know. So you could be hit with a large tax bill. So we could then structure things where we split your trades into about three, two or three different companies, where you're underneath that 86K threshold. You can have a company for doing your flips, company for guaranteed rent, company for um, buy-to-lets. Because that's, um, that's very much... I feel like you're, you're having digs at me at the moment, by the way, Matthew. Like, not just you. Not just you. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's really common. As, it's really, yeah. as I'm doing this more... I see it. I see it a lot. Um, yeah. I have yeah. someone that does guaranteed rent, buy-to-lets, flips, investments, you know, div loads of different types of things in the property space. And I think yeah. I was always almost concerned with, oh, I don't want to have the added administration of having so many companies and so many bank accounts and pay for multiple... And you know, fees as well. Accounting fees. Yeah. When it's not cheap. It can be dear, depending on where you go, you know. So I understand it, but it's, again, it's a thing of saving money in the long run. Off the bat, you know, um, from about 200k worth example, I may have already saved you 40,000 pounds worth of VAT, you know, yeah. and your fees so and your costs. Is it, yeah, exactly. like, and uh, also, I guess, to be honest, say 40K. if somebody's accounts are really messy mm -hmm. and there's loads of work involved, potentially they may not even, I'm, I'm just, I'm just asking here, but potentially somebody's accounts who's really messy and have, you have to break them down versus maybe yeah. two or three separate accounts. The accounting yeah. fees may be pretty similar because the work involved is actually way more for the really messy account versus the, the ones that's, that have been separated. That's the thing. We could have um, a guy with a buy to let who has, you know, one property, mm. but really messy accounts. They come, you know, doesn't happen in property as much, but um, we get self-employed people who come with a bin bag full of receipts on like the 29th of January, and I'm like, there you go, do my tax return, and like, <laughs> it's going to cost you a lot because it's a lot of time. Um, yeah. With bigger companies, um, so where I kind of like to go for a fixed fee, I assess what you need, assess mm -hmm. what's going on, and say this is how much it's going to cost you a month to manage. Um, so, for example, in my where I used to work, my partner's fee was about 500 plus VAT. So to sit down with him for an hour, 
600 quid. You know, and bigger companies going to cost you more. You know, charge our rate was 180 pounds an hour just to sit down and look at something. So if you give me a big bag of receipts, or if it's really messy and it's going to take more of my time, you know, time costs. Yeah, you know? no, of course. Of course, and I think that um, that segues quite nicely into another question, which is obviously you mentioned about your time costing. Um, from an accounting perspective, you know, or from a property developer, we're always looking at efficiencies and processes and streamlining things. Uh, there's quite a few different um, softwares for accounting out there. Yeah. Are there any that you use, recommend, you think they're value for money? What are your thoughts on those? All right. So, um, so my family have investment properties as well, mm -hmm. right, Liverpool and London. Um, so I've seen the, like, the landlord visions and, and so on, the other, other bodies, property bodies, their softwares. Um, I personally would recommend Zero, and that's kind of where I'm pushing most of my clients towards. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many now. There's Zero, there's Free Agents, there's QuickBooks, there's Sage, Sage One in the court now. Um, I personally use Zero, and I recommend it. It's a big job to set up. But once the accountant and yourself have set it up, it gives you real-time information on how your company is doing, how it's performing, mm. how your trade or your investments are, you know, are going on. Where accounting is, by nature, it's historical. You know, I could do accounts for somebody whose year ended in December 2020. That's not really going to help them. If, say, for example, they need financing, um, and they go to the bank, and the bank wants up-to-date information, management accounts, you know, the online software really does help with that. Um, what else? What something else I'm doing with zero, which I've discovered because I'm still going through zero, and there's so much to it. It's just a good software. I can actually break down how each property is doing, um, you know, in terms of how profitable it is, how much turnover each property is making. You, we can put the tenants in as well. We could actually track tenants' payments because it has an automatic bank feed where the bank. You know, day by day, the feed comes into onto the software. You can see which tenants have paid rent, which ones haven't. You can have automatic emails going out to the tenants if they haven't paid and so on. And I think that's where a lot of stuff, you know, particularly <clears throat> slightly younger generation moving into property, being able to really maybe optimize, or everybody to be fair, but everybody has the opportunity to optimize their efficiency. So um, yeah. when I you know, got Matthew on board and he helped me with zero and I can normally on the first of the month, it's half a day's work. I'm checking everybody that's rent due, sending out reminders, etc. Um, now that we've got that real time information <coughs> through the bank feeds, that's a day's work. Now, if I charge, I don't know, £140 an hour for consultancy, I've effectively saved maybe, you know, 300, 400, £500 by yeah. implementing these things. Um, mm -hmm. And I think... The other thing you mentioned is about real-time information is particularly as investors, a lot of the time we deal with various different loan applications, be that buy-to-let, residential mortgages, bridging loans. And the better you package your current scenario in terms of here's the finance pack, this is our, you know, this is like a snapshot of the business. This is who we are. The more likely you are to get a better loan, a better interest rate, and more likely to be accepted. So yeah. having those things in place to give, you know, actual live you know, management accounts, this is a snapshot of where we are, you know, up to date, I think is amazing. Yeah. A couple of questions um, came in on Sorry, Zero. That before you move on, funny you say that, Zero actually, um, I found this the other day, they have templates of reports mm -hmm. for financing that you can 
automatically kind of put together, put your company logo on and sent to the bank structured specifically for financing as well. So there's that oh, option wow. with Zero have that specific yeah. option for landlords, which is quite good. That's uh, nice. Go so yeah, so no, uh, walking here, so zero with an X, by the way, for those um, yes. for those looking. Um, and so uh, Max nineteen ten has asked, do you need an accountant to work with you to set up zero, or can you use it on a self service basis? You can use it on a self service basis. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I think there's even warnings as you do certain things in zero, saying contact your accountant. Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> Stuff mm -hmm. like creating journals, stuff that we're trained to do for our qualifications, you know. So dealing with maybe, journals. maybe just if you were using it just for information, but I guess maybe more from a bookkeeping perspective and things like that, potentially. Yeah, it does depend on the complexity of what you're doing. I think because this is property related, I would say if you're going to use an online software, always do it with an accountant, always. Um, Self-employed, very simple. You might be able to get away with it. But the complexity of what the software can do, you'd only be scratching the surface unless you spent hours and hours doing their training and, and whatever else. Also, that's another thing. I'm zero certified. So okay. I have to do all their training and so on. So we, we know the power of the software where you would literally be scratching the surface. Um, however, I would prefer a new client to come to me saying, I have a zero account. I've set X amount up that might be 10% of work done by the time they get to me. So, Yeah, that's yeah, no, a good balance. It's always good to be familiar anyway, even if you have an, a specialist on board, to be familiar with the software that you're going to use so you can also get mm. the most out of it as well. I think that's, that's often really helpful. And what you've got to remember as well is the software is just a tool. Um, the value is sometimes it's hard to kind of, I'll fight the case for the account of the value of using us because I know people like to you know save money and so on. But I always say, you know, if if you went to court, you wouldn't represent yourself. You'd have a solicitor. You know, it's the same as accounting. People sometimes only come to us when things go wrong, and that's when it's going to cost you. You know, if you haven't been saving money anyway, and then something goes wrong because you've not reported stuff correctly or you've missed something, you know. And that's that's the other thing within the property sector. Um, for those that aren't aware, like with the way in which. Um, I always get this acronym wrong. H, what is it? H M R C H R. Which way around is it? Her Majesty's Revenue Customs. There you go, acronym man. Um, <laughs> they actually have what they call like focused, like tax investigation. So because the property mm -hmm. sector is an area where potentially people are not always as compliant, not necessarily on purpose, but more mistakes can be made, you're a lot more likely to be scrutinized and have like your accounts looked into if you are in this sector. So it's not, you know, it's like, if you're in a sector that's more closely scrutinized, you wanna make sure that you've dotted the I's and crossed the T's because exactly. the blowback of doing it incorrectly, you know, can be, I've seen some, you know, some really, really drastic cases. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, I think that is, that is very important got a couple of questions some i'm not too sure i understand and we'll put on us what's the tax threshold uh when you own over five houses i mean i think that's very general because it's all down to what those houses earn as i understand it's not the number of units it's the overall the questions to open um maybe we'll maybe if you can try and and, and um get back what to i mean that. see what 
was asked on what's the tax threshold when you own over five properties it's it's hard to say is it in your personal name is it in a company is it in a partnership is but even I think at the top level, it's not the number of properties that you own that make the difference. It's it doesn't the make a difference. And the values and the yeah, numbers yeah. on those properties. So yeah, let's just profit. Yeah. But I guess that's the answer anyway. That it's not down to the numbers. It's actually down to what they make. Um, and that's another good point that um, Ra Raj Reg One has made that said the accountant fees are reclaimable when you do your self assessment. Always. Um, so HMRC state that expenses need to be wholly exclusively and necessarily for business purposes um so people always ask me not just in property you know what can i claim as an expense and i'm like mm, it's up to you as long as you can relate it back to the business as long as it's wholly and exclusively for business purposes um so and you can prove like it. examples there what have we got like home office use the phone as office travel subsistence mileage claim uh, phone allowance for your your personal phone Postage and stationery. If you have a limited company, each employee is allowed one phone, hundred percent claimable. Um, it, it, anything. Yeah, postage stationery. Um, I usually give a little PDF out to people saying that this is a general guideline to what you can claim, but this is not. No, this is it literally can be anything. Your computers, your assets. You know, the tax treatment for certain expenses are different. Um, mm -hmm. Need to be careful with entertainment. It's not as relevant in the property industry. Um, but if you've got a Christmas party, 150 pounds uh, per employee. Okay. Um, I mean, in lockdown, that goes a long way. A Zoom in <laughs> Peters for everyone. We're great. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you've got to be careful, like you know, not just claiming anything and then trying to, you know, like your your, net, your Netflix subscription. You know, it's not really one. You might not have an office. You know, you can't just claim like I'm working in my home, so I need the Netflix now or you know a new tv or whatever else or you need to be able to relate it and you've got to think of it this way i'm gonna spend this money can i argue with it argue it to the revenue that i bought it for business purposes and i need it to operate yeah i guess yeah and that's that's the question you've got to ask yourself yeah um, so sorry, sorry long-winded way to say yes you can claim accounting fees <laughs> on your personal tax return <laughs> Yeah. No problem. I think um, I'm going to ask one last question from um, Conspic that said, at what point would it be best to engage an accountant if starting from scratch? Um, just register business and not trading yet. From the get-go, to be honest, beforehand, before the fact, mm -hmm. preferably. It's, it's hard to say because obviously... Even the business registration could potentially come under your remit as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I incorporate companies. Um, I set up I register for people who are self-employed, whether it be a partnership, an LLP, um, a limited liability partnership, so, so many acronyms. But um, that's what we it. do as you well. Can tell it he, lo he loves an acronym. It's, it's what we do, right? It makes us feel We're going to give you a test at the end for all your acronyms. If, if no one understands what we say, it just makes us feel about more important. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it's, it should really engage with us beforehand. Not the end of the world if you don't. Um, preferably do it within a few months of... of trading but mm -hmm. um the hard thing is it's like you know you want to engage with an accountant and off of that they're going to be like it's x amount of fees and in your head you might be thinking don't really want to don't really want to pay that right now i don't know what you know what things are going to look like or you know yeah. so it's really hard to say maybe find an accountant who can um give you a general chat most of us can we're nice guys usually so we'll give you a general chat and point you i like to point people in the right direction and say mm -hmm. okay at this stage you really need to come to me now and we need to get things correct 
from now. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely makes sense. Um, moving away from buy to lets, obviously the other side, there's, there's, there's loads of different things, but there's flips and then there's VRRR, which I've got my own acronym for you, which is uh, buy, <laughs> uh, refurbish, <laughs> refinance and rent. Um, so yeah. in those two areas, slightly different. Now, they're two almost competing strategies within the development sector. Now, as a flip, Talk to me about your capital gains. What, what were the thresholds? How quickly do I now have to pay my capital gains? Is there still yeah. rollover relief? Again, that is there. Like, let's let's touch on some of those areas. All right. So we've touched on income tax, which is mm -hmm. the money you receive for your rentals on your investment. Um, when you buy and sell a property that falls under the capital gains tax regime. Um, which, again, it's a tax on profits, again, and there's ways we work out what the profit is. Um, it's, it's a bit more, not so much complex, but it's a, bit, it's a bit more, you know, we get people all the time that come to us and they haven't, you know, they might have bought a property years ago, back in the 70s, but they haven't got all the costs there, so it's hard for us to kind of say, you know, what your profit levels are going to be. Mm -hmm. um, but you pay the capital gains tax on that profit, sorry. Uh, the rates are going to be 18% if you're a basic rate taxpayer. Mm -hmm. um, that's sort of 40-odd K worth of income. Um, and 28% if you're a high rate taxpayer. Um, so it's a lot lower than the income tax rates. So it's a lot more. above 40,000 is... It's 40, I think it's 45,000 now, actually. 45,000 now, okay. Um, then you pay 28% capital gains tax. So it's a lot more attractive mm -hmm. to, to buy, to flip and sell. Mm -hmm. um, so what was what else was there to the question so so in, in the rest of the question was um, in terms of how quickly that capital gains has to be paid is it paid in a company uh, I guess is the, is if I own a property in a company name and I yeah. dispose of that asset within this tax year do I pay it at the end of the tax year do I pay it on my accounting date do I pay it yeah. um, I have to pay it straight away yeah so for individuals it's now changed from April last year, if you buy and sell a property, you now have 30 days to report and pay any tax to the okay. revenue. Um, you should still put it down on your tax return, but you, the tax would already be sorted because um, you would have paid it separately within 30 days of conveyance oh, wow. or completion. Yeah. Um, we'll say completion. Mm -hmm. I need to double check actually, but I think it's yeah within 30 days of completing Okay, yeah. Um, it, completion is when the sale concludes. I guess that yeah, makes yeah. no sense, yeah. Yeah, or when contracts are swapped, that's when the day we go on. Um, so that's for individuals. For companies, it follows your year end. You've got nine months from the end of your your company year end to report and pay the tax on your capital gain on your corporation tax return. So I mentioned previously, um, Although you pay corporation tax for a company, we still look at income tax and capital gain tax within the one corporation tax. Mm -hmm. um, but you will have nine months. So there's a longer time frame for a company um, okay. buying and selling, which is, again, another positive. Another positive for the company structure. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, it's good for obviously not necessarily that it's going to give somebody exactly what they need to do it gives them a couple of benefits and a couple of gems that they can pick up and maybe say, I may be leaning in towards this structure because of X, Y, and Z. You know, mm -hmm. what else, you know, what else, um, what are my other benefits? What are my other pros and cons? So the, the other yeah. thing that a lot of people do 
where they don't flip properties is they buy them, they want to add value and they want to refinance them. So if I buy a property for again, a hundred thousand pounds, spend 50,000 pounds on it. Um, and it's now worth 200 and the bank says that I can get out an extra 30,000 pounds worth of equity. When I yeah. release that money, do I pay any tax on that? When you say okay. release of that money. So if, if I, I haven't sold the property, I've just loaned yeah. back against the property. So I've got effectively a new mortgage product mm -hmm. um, that's allowed me to release equity from the property. Do I pay the tax yeah. when I release it or is it still on the sale? No, it'll be on the sale. The tax will only be payable if you receive income or you dispose of an asset um, being a property. So even if um, you've added value to the property and your property's gone from 350k to 500k, on the company accounts, we'd account for that, um, for the uplifting value, but you won't pay any tax. You might see on your accounts something called deferred tax. So we take into account tax to a degree, but you're not actually going to pay anything until you make the sale. Then we will bring it all together. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. Um, Walker Don has actually asked where you're, where you're based, Matthew, as um, potentially, I think uh -huh. maybe he's looking at an accounting journey. I would like to look at working with you in the future. What books do you recommend? I'm, I'm based in London, um, but we're 40. Um, we're trying to be an online company um, where most of our meetings I do now are on Teams, Microsoft Teams. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got clients all across the country. Um, but where I'm situated right now is in London. <laughs> great stuff, great stuff. Great stuff. Um, he's also asked, do you have any books you would um, recommend in regards to the, in the accounting segment as a whole? What? I'm not sure what he means by in terms of books. Does he mean like mm -hmm. softwares or actual just books know. to read up on? Or I don't know. Well, he's in he's in the building, so I'm sure he'll, he'll listen and uh, come back. Yeah, to you very know soon. my book, so I can point you in the right direction. Fabian, good to see you in the building. Lloyd, good to see you in the building. Harry, again, thank you, thank you, everyone, for your kind words. It's good to have you all here. Um, Again, just a reminder, so we're doing a Ask Somebody Else segment. It's a day, basically every Sunday, 6 p.m., so you can set your notifications on that I'll be asking an industry expert a different area, you know, different questions about a specific area in property. So we've had property developers, we've had architects, um, we've had brokers, and today we have the amazing Matthew from 40 Accounts who's been asking all things accounting and property related. Um, so we're going to have a couple more questions and then we're going to wrap up and I'm going to let you know where you can reach Matthew, um, what we're going to have on for the next couple of weeks. So um, I saw um, Economics UK has asked, what route did you go down to become an accountant? Did you study ACCA? Did you do CMA? Do you have any advice for an, an, um, for an aspiring accountant? I think that's an amazing question. And just before you answer that, the reason I want to say that is, Obviously, Matthew and his family are involved in property and property portfolios. And there's so many people that are property investors and property developers that didn't just start from day one being property developers. So you're always working on your journey. If you have a long-term goal of working in property, you could have had a short-term goal or a role that's going to run um, parallel to your property journey that's going to be qualifications, that's going to be growing your personal knowledge, your personal wealth bank and your personal experience. So you can have a different trajectory into the property space. So, um, yeah, so sorry to go ahead. But, yeah, if you can answer yeah. that question, Matthew. Cool. Um, so within policy, we've got a mixture of ACCAAT, me personally, um, 
AAT, um, but I studied, I specialised, I said, as I said earlier, I specialised in tax, so my, my kind of like commercial route was more tax than accounting, which sounds silly, cause, um, as most people think it's one and the same, but they're mm. quite different. There's so many different sectors within accounting, whether you're an auditor, um, working tax, transactional stuff. Um, in terms of routes or how to go down, I always, I never went to university um, and nothing against university, but I do believe that you can get to where you want to go quicker, taking professional qualifications straight from college. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than having the huge student loans and spending three to four years studying, to then have to do the same qualifications anyway, you know, at 23, you know, 23, 24, as most people do, you could have started at 18 and done either come straight to ACCA or AAT. Yeah, no, great, great advice, that. Great, great advice. Um, and I think this is a great question from a drafting we've had on recently. They said off the back of this, they're looking to change accountant. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, I would say to send me an email um, i'm still getting used to the whole instagram uh i've got myself oh, yeah. 70 year olds um so i saw the other day i think i put on my thing i had a requested messages where the messages don't go into your inbox you've got to accept the message which yeah. um <sighs> so you, 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 you're an old young man you are sir. <laughs> <laughs> but we're trying um, i'm with you i'm getting it i've actually made a reel recently but <laughs> go on you can dm me directly um at 40 accounting mm-hmm. or you can send me an I, email. by the way guys just make sure you know 40 oh, f-o-r-t-i 40 there we go accounting um you can send me an email at info at 40 accounting.com um but yeah for back of this just send me a dm and i'll know where to look and um yeah i'll get back to you and we'll have a have a chat about what you need and what i can provide yeah no, that's great. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to um, put your, is it 40accounting.com, did you say? Yeah, oh, the website is in construction. I'm still writing content, which is a headache. Okay. Um, May as well, yeah, look, go and click anyway. Yeah. Go over to, head over to the Instagram, drop him a DM, drop him direct contacts there, and you get in touch. Um, my fluff, we're going to have our last question before before we wrap up. It's from Miss J. Lewis. So it says, hi, guys. Love the info so far. Thank you very much. Um, my question is that if you're a 40% taxpayer, is it better to buy a buy-to-let in a company name um, to avoid the higher taxable, higher tax on rental income? Now, we did kind of t- touch on this, but I think, go on, if you want to reiterate, I think this is yeah. the key accounting answer that we're going to touch it, on it, here. The key accounting answer is, is, is it's hard to say. I, I need to know your specific... So again, when I engage with a client, I need to know, you know, are you, are you married, um, children, your end game, long-term goal? Are we looking to set things up for the future? Um, if we're looking at what you've just said and the immediate tax effects where you want to avoid the 40% tax on profits, then the simple answer is yes, because you'll be paying 19%, soon to go slightly up, but um, you'll be paying 19% on your profits. Um, it will cost you more in accounting fees, um and setup costs you also might find it harder financing wise which is um one of Kaz's people that will be coming on will explain that to you when you're getting your especially your first mortgage for a company with no track record it isn't easy um but if you're a 40 percent taxpayer getting that mortgage with a good credit history 
that mortgage is going to be a lot easier to obtain. Exactly. It's really hard to say about knowing everything as much as I can about you. So, so, so the direct answer there is get in touch. Um, Matthew will sort you out. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, that is honestly, you know, get in touch right. with an a, a accountant and they will sort yeah. you out. They'll be able to give you all of the relevant information based on your circumstance. Um, Matthew, thank you very much for coming on today. I think that is going to be our last question of the day. It's been it's been really great to have you on. Um, I've learned a lot. I hope everybody this here has learned a lot. I hope that we're going to see you next week. So Matthew, go and just tell them a little bit. You know, where just one more time, where can they find you? Where can they get in touch with you? Um, yeah, firstly, thank you for having me. It's been quite interesting seeing. You know, you got AA drafting on. Um, we had Sam Norris so they're and on three thus far next week we've got um, Tej who has done is a property developer um, has done a lot of different flips BRRR deals has worked with investors and has also um, written a lot of e-learning content and does mentoring to somebody that does a whole sort of demographic of different like a whole loads of different areas in property so loads of great questions perhaps for them next week as well Yes, it's a good platform, so well done. Um, you can find me at um, <laughs> 40 Accounting. Um, again, send me a DM. Um, send me an email at info at 40accounting.com. That's F-O-R-T-I. Um, and I'm happy to speak, give some general advice, put you in the right direction, let you know what services you may or may not need. That's good. Great stuff. Okay, Matthew, now... Don't tell us what it is. Just give us an acronym right now. I just want everyone to pay attention to us. One acronym, not one you've used already. <laughs> oh, no, you said it. You're funny. Um, one, one acronym in the accounting space. Have you lost it? You're going to... you lost it. You lost, you lost, lost it. Acronym yeah. skills. They, they just you wrote it You already <laughs> say them by default. Um, okay, well, I'm going to leave you to think of one because we're going to do something. We're going to play a little one-minute game at the end. But just before, while Matthew's thinking of that acronym... Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, no, we've got 30 seconds to think about that, yeah. that one minute. Again, thank you, everybody, for clocking in. We are going to be here every Sunday, 6 p.m. for the foreseeable future. I've currently got a load of great guests put in. So I've got Tej, as I mentioned, next week. Um, really nice guy, property developer. Loves to talk for days. So we're probably going to be arguing about who can talk the most, but he's got loads of great information and does a lot of sort of mentoring and courses and e-learning, which is an area that I know loads of you are interested in, particularly because I don't do it myself as yet. But hopefully at some point I will be putting out some online learning um, so you can kind of learn from me, hopefully more than you're currently learning from the page itself. We've also got um, Sharina, who's a finance specialist. We've got Karina Lapore, who owns um, Bowhouse, the winner of The Apprentice last year. Looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um, we've got Million Pounds Homes, who's a, a... They now sell properties over a million pounds online off the back of an Instagram page. So it just shows, again, everybody's always saying, how do I get into property without, you know, without the capital, without X, Y, and Z? And they've done that. They're in property. They're selling million pound homes. They potentially got a business that, you know, when they're looking at what they're turning over and the type of assets they're involved in, 
it's going to be in the hundreds of millions off the back of an Instagram business. So I don't think you can use the excuse of capital or any different scenario to say, like, I can't get involved and I can't start things because they're a testament to show that that is possible. Um, along with those, we have the Square Mile Builders. So they're going to be talking about all things building and construction related. Um, we've got Kelly Upstage, who's going to be talking about insurance and um, sort of personal planning around being self-employed or a developer, because a lot of us use the excuse, our properties are our pensions, which they will tell you is simply not enough, along with mm -hmm. an accountant probably would. Um, if anybody else does want to get involved, again, with this segment, drop me a DM, because I'm currently booked up to probably mid-June, but I'd love to get more people involved. I do it for three reasons. One is I've got a platform where I'm able to elevate and bring light on some of people within my own section that are doing amazing things two is it creates amazing content for me to give back um, and three obviously you guys have all supported me by following by liking by sharing various things so it's an opportunity to give you some free expertise by leaning on my close circle uh, matthew what's the acronym you want a property related one or i just want to i want you you give me an acronym uh ppr is that too easy PPR. First person to tell me what PPR stands for is going to get sent out of property by a Kazi hoodie. But I need to know that now. Who's, who's going to get this right? It's, it's, you know what I mean? Going to see, going to see who's, who's going to get this. Five. PPR. Right. It might not have been that easy because we haven't got any answers yet, have we? Uh. No? No winners? I just I'll keep all the hoodies and I'll just carry on wearing <laughs> them every day. I promise I've got loads and they don't smart. But, um, now this is if well we've got no correct answers. Point per reception. Hey. Principal private residence. I think Rahan was the first. Rahan was the first. Okay, yes. Rahan. Drop me a DM and I'm gonna get your property by Kazi hoodie sent out to you directly. Just drop me um your address, your name and your size, and I'll get one sent over to you. And I hope you're going to send a nice picture wearing and representing the property by Kazi, this exclusive, exclusive merchandise that's available for sale nowhere. Matthew, thank you again for coming on. Um, I'm going to make sure that I make this live over on the YouTube. So if you're not following the YouTube, make sure you go and follow that property by Kazi, your one word. If you're not following this Instagram page, follow this because we're going to be posting stuff every week. Um, again, thank you everyone for logging in and I shall see you all very soon. Take care. Thank you, guys.